So the first college football rankings are set to be released tomorrow night. Right now, the AP poll has Alabama at number one, followed by Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. Those are the top four. And then Texas A&M, Florida, Cincinnati, BYU, Oregon, and Miami close out the top ten. How do you think the top four will look tomorrow? Man, Kendall, to be honest with you, bro, I don't see too much switching from that top four. I mean, I think at this point in the season, all of those teams in the top four that you mentioned control their own destiny. If Clemson wins out, I think I see them getting in. Ohio State has done nothing for me to deter them from being in that top four. Had a tough game against Indiana, but honestly, that's a game that everyone's going to have to play at some point this season. Everyone's going to have a game where they're not necessarily at their best and have to find a way to win. So the fact that Ohio State was able to steal a win against Indiana – Honestly, that only puts them at an even more advantageous spot in my eyes. So, um, as a whole, man, I think this this top four is going to stay pretty rigid for tomorrow. I don't see any surprises coming. Okay, let me get some of your input. Let's start. Let's break down some of these teams. Let's start with Alabama. They're as dominant as ever. They're well balanced on offense. Mac Jones looks better than I thought he would. I was one of those guys. I thought Bryce Young should be the starter going into the year. So, Mac Jones has been phenomenal. Heisman candidate. Najee Harris. We know what he's doing in the backfield. This offense has been fine without Jalen Waddle, And I don't really think that they'll feel the ramifications of not having him until the Florida game, maybe. But I think they'll be fine without him. But I think really not until the playoffs that the, this offense really feel not having him on the field. Um, defensively. I think you hit yeah. it on the head. Yeah. Defensively, the so the days of Nick Saban holding teams to nine points, uh, 200 yards of offense, those days are over. That's not going to happen anymore. The offenses are too good. They're too complex athletes all over the field that's just not going to happen but they're still good defensively they have players on each level what do you think you know what i think you hit it right on the head honestly no waddle no problem right now it seems like mac jones just has that place uh humming that offense is absolutely elite right now honestly though i think it's going to come down to that florida game but the thing is even if they come into that florida game and lose a one loss alabama likely gets in over a lot of other undefeated team so uh the bama bump is definitely a real thing but they just i mean you can't say enough good things about alabama and the way they run their program they just reload every year it seems like there's never ever a weak spot for this team so uh all that's to say i think it's going to come down to florida and i wouldn't i wouldn't even be surprised if they lost that florida game uh but all things considered i would be surprised if they're not in the top four uh come this new year okay notre dame so this is probably the best notre dame that team that brian kelly has had this is a much better team than they were in 2018. They're way better than they were back in 2012 when they played Alabama in the national championship. They're big, so they can match up with these physical teams like a Clemson when they played them, and then in Alabama and those. Uh, Ian Book is improving as a passer. What do you see when you see Notre Dame? Hmm. You know what? Notre Dame, I think, is a team that, for me, I always had question marks for them offensively. Uh, and they put those to rest very much so against Clemson. I, I was never a huge believer in Ian Book. I always thought he was a good, not great quarterback, kind of benefited off of the not super strenuous schedule that Notre Dame had to play year in and year out. But the fact that we're able to beat a team like Clemson really alleviated a lot of my concerns for Ian Book. I still think that their destiny is going to ride on his play the rest of the year. I guess that goes without saying, being the quarterback of any major college football program, but for them, I need to see them have more defensive production uh, and be able to, to hold more teams. Because I think if they were to play Clemson again in the ACC championship, it's hard to beat any team more than once, Kendall, but to beat Clemson more than once, pretty close to impossible. So the defense right. needs to step up this second half of the year if they want to have a shot at this New Year's, at, uh, at this at this top 
four when it's all said and done. But tomorrow, definitely see them getting in. I think they're a top four right now for sure. Okay, Ohio State. So um, I know there was a lot of people I that I saw that overreacted with Justin Fields, and he didn't play that great. You know, he had the three interceptions. Um, but with Justin Fields, I'm not going to overreact to that game because that's the first yep. time I've seen that from him, and I don't expect to see that again. He's going to be fine. He's going to go out there. He's going to take care of the football. He's going to put a big numbers. Him, Olave, Wilson, probably the best combination that you'll find in college football. Defensively, that was the struggle. So this is not the same team that they were last year, obviously. Um, but it was only a matter of time before we see all these guys from Ohio State all these DBs and all these pass rushers that go to the NFL every year. And at some point, that was going to catch up to them. And that's really the flaw of this team right now. Yeah, completely. I mean, obviously, they bring Sean Wade back, which is a big get. But, I mean, you allow 35 points to a team like Indiana, who's a great offensive team. But at the same time, like you said, Ohio State doesn't typically let up 35 points to an Indiana team. They're usually dominant um, week in and week out. And so... That is a little bit concerning, but at the same time, it's a pandemic. There's a lot of things that they're still trying to get shirt up on their end, having only been playing games for a few weeks now, whereas some other teams are, are going to be ahead of them when it comes down to the postseason. Uh, so I think Ohio State's football is still it's still their best game out there. I don't know when that's going to be, but they're a team that I like to trend upward until the end of the season. And then you mentioned it with Justin Fields. I'm not overly concerned with his performance against Indiana. I mean, the guy still was the reason they won. He still put up 42 points offensively. Uh, and they didn't do a ton of favors for him in the red zone. I mean, he had a, a throw that they missed there on, on fourth down uh, to make it a one-score game against Indiana, to give Indiana a chance. But as a whole, man, I think this Justin Fields is, is, is a better, more improved version than last year. He's more mature. He's leaner. He went plant-based in the offseason. Uh, the, guy, the guy's going to be a force to be reckoned with, and I'd be surprised if he's not in New York let alone if this team's at the top four when it's all said and done. I think they run the table, Kendall. Right. Clemson. So we know they have the, the loss to Notre Dame. Uh, they're going to be fine. Mm. They're going to be fine when Trevor Lawrence and all that comes back. But defensively, they've changed. This is not the same team that they've been in the past that we talked about with Ohio State. They struggled. Who is it? Uh, Boston College? Was that the game? And then, yep. Yep. And then we saw what they happened. In, gave them a scare. Exactly. And then we saw what happened with Notre Dame. I think it's the same thing when I think with Justin Fields that I'm not I'm not going to totally overreact because I think that Brent Venables will figure it out, but it is a big concern right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we also saw some of this last year with Clemson. Uh, Coach Dabos, when he said, hey, it's, it's uh, Alabama and then there's the Roy bus, rest of y'all. And he was just he was saying, hey, we're happy to be on the rest of y'all bus at this time. Uh, and so I think that theme is kind of the same right now. They're happy to just be trending upward as the season goes along. Bottom line, well, in December and January, that's what this team does. That's what this team is prepared the best for. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I'm betting on him every single time. I don't care who's how to win. Guys know how to conduct this offense in the system and knows how to run it to perfection right now. So having him play his best football at the right time is kind of going to be the key ingredient for them. And, and they do it year, every year so. I think Clemson's a team to, to watch the rest of the way if they can sure up some of those defensive struggles and some of the sloppy offensive play. But I mean, if you remember a year ago this time, Kendall, we were all saying, "Man, what's going on with Justin Field or with with Trevor Lawrence? He's not the same guy. He's throwing more picks." And sure enough, they end up playing for the after title. So I, I think they they're going to be fine. They got a lot of work to do ahead of them, but they are probably one of the best coach teams in the country. So I still have a lot of faith in Clemson too. 
One thing I know we're all interested in seeing tomorrow is how the committee ranks these group of five teams. So right now, Cincinnati's number seven and BYU is number yeah. eight in the poll. Cincinnati's most impressive win is over an SMU team who has since they stumbled again. BYU's best win is over Boise State. I'm not exactly sure how good Boise State is this year. I don't see any chance that a group of five team gets in this year. I hate it so much, but I think you're right. I think Cincinnati uh, just isn't going to have the resume to get in, even if they finish the year undefeated. Uh, and truthfully, I don't know that Desmond Ritter is a guy that's going to be able to throw the ball well enough for them to be competitive. Um, but when it comes to what this BYU team offers, Kendall, Zach Wilson is a legit contender for the Heisman. I want them so badly to play Washington. It sounds like they're more, more or less backing away from that game. But I'll tell you what. BYU has the firepower offensively and the de- defensive uh, personnel to really make a run and give some Power 5 teams a problem. So uh, whether they'll be in the playoff conversation or not, uh, I would say that's less likely. But when it comes to New Year's Six, whoever draws BYU in January, they got they got their work cut out for them, man. I think this team has got a lot, a lot of potential uh, to give some, some Power 5 teams a, a, a great game. Okay. So another thing that we're going to look out for tomorrow night is how the committee values head-to-head matchups. And they say that because we know A&M Florida yep. play at the beginning of the year. A&M beat Florida in College Station. But A&M does have that 28-point loss to Alabama, yep. and they don't have a signature win on their resume. And then we know Florida has this high-octane offense, and they have that big win over Georgia. I don't see yep. Florida being ahead of A&M in the rankings tomorrow, but it is something to keep an eye out for down the line. I completely agree. And the beauty of college football is I think this will play itself out. In my mind, Florida controls their own destiny. If they continue to win and they continue to win the and they go on and win the SEC, I have a really hard time with keeping them out of the top four. Actually, in my final four, when it's all said and done, I really think Florida is going to be a team that's right on the cusp, if not in there at the end of the season. So, uh, Kyle Tratt, I'm a big believer in him. Honestly, too, Texas A&M, I know you talked about that that head-to-head matchup. I think that was a little bit of a fluke. I think Texas A&M still has a summerable catch on snoozing and, and eliminated, eliminated them from contention for the um, – all that's to say, my money's on Florida going forward, whether or not uh, this head-to-head matchup stays the same uh, in terms of them both having one loss. So um, I, I like Florida in the long term, Kendall. Okay. So before I go back to A&M real quick, another one to keep an eye out on for is the Oklahoma-Iowa State one. Because Oklahoma, they're right now, they're ahead of Iowa State in AP poll, yep. even though Iowa State beat them. And you follow the Big 12. You're connected in the Big 12. Is Oklahoma right now the best team in the Big yep. 12? Sorry about that, Kendall. You got me. Yeah. 12. If you had asked me in the first three weeks of the season, I would have said, no way, Jose. Spencer Rattler is not polished enough. This team does not have the cohesion that they did last year. They don't have the offensive firepower. But I tell you what, these last few weeks, they have turned it around tremendously. Spencer Rattler looks like he's been playing this position at Oklahoma for years. It looks like he's a senior. Obviously, he's a redshirt freshman, just balling out of control. Uh, I think right now the Big 12 as a whole is just down this year. I don't think Texas is as good as a lot of people want to think they are. I think Iowa State is sneaky good but just lost some tough games early in the year. Um, I think they're going to be a team that is is very interesting to watch going forward. 
so if there were to be a close second, I would say Iowa State. But, I mean, as, as a whole, I think it's Oklahoma than everybody else, Kendall. Okay. Let's go back to Texas A&M real quick. So could you see a scenario where they get in? Say Clemson loses to Notre Dame again, and then so now they have two losses, mm-hmm. and then Florida loses to Bama championship weekend, so then they have two losses, and then there's just Texas A&M sitting right there no conference championship, but they could be 9-1 and one, assuming they run the table. Could they get in? If they're sitting there at 9-1, truthfully. The issue with A&M is, I'm not, we saw them, but then again, we saw them get challenged uh, against Georgia. And, you know, um, all that's to say, um, uh, this coming Saturday against, against LSU, I think Auburn's going to give them some trouble. Uh, I like Auburn in that game, so I mean, I think these last three games are going to be crucial for them to, to win out. Um, but but as a whole, I, uh, I, I'm i not yet sold on, on this, uh, this A&M team. Excuse me, I spoke out of trend there. I said that uh, they lost big to Georgia. It was to Alabama that they lost big to. But um, as a whole, man, I, I really don't think they're going to run the table the rest of the way. But, I mean, if, if they were to somehow run the gauntlet here against LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee, uh, you know, I, I'd be hard-pressed to keep them out. Okay. Uh, so a team that we should be talking about when it comes to the playoff is Northwestern because they are 5-0 and and they have Michigan State, Minnesota, yeah. and Illinois as their remaining schedule. So they're going to be undefeated when they head into the Big Ten Championship game. Pat Fitzgerald, he has a real squad here at Northwestern. They have a quality quarterback. They're more athletic than I've seen in the past, and this is the top yeah. five defense in the country. Yeah, man, they're calling them the fighting Reese Davises, and that lit a fire <laughs> under them, didn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, man... I think that Northwestern, and this is kind of the the narrative that seems to be among you know some of the major outlets. I know Fox and, and ESPN have talked about them quite a bit. Um, Wisconsin is a good team. That was a great win. I don't know that Northwestern has had to play a real opponent. So right now, it's a great story more than anything. My biggest issue is, is Northwestern going to be able to hold up against some of the more high-octane offenses like the Ohio State's? Uh, I don't think Northwestern is really ready for a battle against uh, a team that's able to put up a lot of points. Because, you know, I think a 17-7 to win is great against Wisconsin, but at the same time, you got to score more than 17 points to beat the majority of these teams uh, outside of the Big Ten. I know they like to play rough and tough in the Big Ten, but, you know, I, I really do think there's going to be a, a need for more offensive output down the line. So I think the Big Ten championship is going to is gonna tell all if, if they end up getting Ohio State and if they end up making it there, obviously. So, I like Northwestern. I'm not totally sold on Northwestern. I'm still a little bit skeptical. I don't know that they have enough firepower on the offensive side of the football to make a run at this thing and to be in the conversation for the for the uh, the top four. Okay, they're honestly love, love Patrick yeah. Gerald. Yeah, they're honestly the Minnesota and the Baylor of last year, essentially, where yep. Yep. we have to. We don't really think like we don't. No, okay, we don't have to say we think. We know. They can be Alabama or Notre Dame or one of those teams, but because they are undefeated and because they are in the Big Ten, that we have to keep talking about them. Right. Yeah, I think you got to talk about them, especially because of the way they played so far. I mean, if you're undefeated at this point in the season, you deserve your due. And so, I don't want to take anything away from them what they've done to this point in the season. But when I watch them on film, I'm just not necessarily sold they'll be able to put up enough points to compete with some of these teams. But I, I think you hit it on the head. They're the Minnesota from a year ago. They're the Baylor from a year ago. Uh, they're just finding ways to win games. They should be applauded for that. Pat Mistrell's turned that program around immensely since he got there. And, uh, I mean, they, they're so fun to watch, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for them to uh, 
hopefully make some noise. And ideally, man, they'll prove us all wrong and, and make a run at this thing. Yeah. Right now, they're number 11 right now in the AP poll. They're mm-hmm. behind Oregon and Miami. I fully expect them to be ahead of them tomorrow when these rankings come out. Yep. They're, they will now, be... i got to ask you something, Kendall, because you're, you're a, a West Coast guy, and I know you and I are both kind of West Coast guys at heart. When it comes to the Pac-12... I was just about to get into that. Man. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to ask you, man. What uh? What do you need to see from a Pac-12 team to sneak in? Obviously, less games. You have a lot. You have a smaller sample size. Uh, right now, I think Oregon's probably the most likely choice. USC is is good, not great. They've kind of snuck away with some games. Is a Pac-12 team a viable option for the top four this year? Oh man, I like. I want to say yes. As a as a West Coast guy, I want to say yes. But I don't. I don't know because I think the sample size isn't large enough. Uh, there's not enough good teams in the Pac-12, but I don't know. We haven't seen an undefeated Power 5 team that's a conference champ left out of the playoffs yet. So yeah. you never know. You Yeah, you brought up Oregon, who's number nine. They struggled against UCLA with the backup quarterback, so I have my concerns there with Oregon. USC, you said they've slept walked in. I don't know how they're 3-0. They should be – well, it should be 1-2, um, and two, not the Utah game. But Washington's another team to keep an eye on. Jake, uh, Jimmy Lake has a real squad there. And then Colorado is another team to stay updated on. So those four teams, I don't know, they might end up doing what they've done in the past where they just beat up on each other and they cancel each other out. So yep, yep. What, what do you think? You know, if it had to be a team, I think it would, it would be Oregon. I think USC is likely going to drop a game. And even if they don't, I think the eye test is going to hurt them. Uh, we'll find out just how much they take that into account if we get to that situation because they did not look good against Arizona State. Uh, they snuck by um, their, the, the next opponent. I'm forgetting who that was. Arizona. I forget they had the exact game of the season. Yeah. Arizona, well, it was Arizona. Yeah, and, then, Arizona. and then Washington boat race. Then both the next came down week. to the wire. Yeah, they did. Yeah, man. I mean, they, they both came down to the wire. And so with that being said, I need to see more out of USC for me to feel comfortable putting them into the top four. Uh for Oregon, I do think in a lot of ways they control their own destiny. But if they're gonna if they're gonna be in the playoff, they gotta have some style points, man. They can't be struggling with UCLA. They gotta be blowing teams out of the water, and they have to make it, you know, seventy to zero. I need some some seventy to zero games, or at least fifty <laughs> to zero kind of games for them to get a shot. I want them to make a statement, and say, "Hey, we are for real." Make it hard for the these you know these experts, quote unquote, to keep them out of the playoff. Because uh, in a normal year, I think they would be a a more likely candidate but with this small sample size i think it's going to be really tough and they got to have a lot of style points to get in okay so let me give you this scenario like you said you want oregon to do you want them to be dominant so say they go out there right and they run through the rest of the pac-12 they play a usc team who's undefeated heading in championship weekend they run them out the stadium and then who's it? clemson beats notre dame in the acc championship game so then they both have one losses Alabama does their thing. Ohio State does their thing. What do you think the committee would do there? Would they go? Would they put Notre Dame back in? Loses to Clemson. Mm-hmm. And then, so they lose to Clemson. And 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 as a whole, I really do think that uh, the larger sample size will help. In the long run, honestly, I think if Oregon can run the table and win some games convincingly against a, 
and you want Oregon to get in. You're rooting for USC to look good, run the table, stay can be nice and juicy, high rate things to go there. I do not think it would be uh, impossible for them to get in, especially if Notre Dame were to find themselves on the outside looking in with one loss. Okay, so which conference do you think we're most likely to see two teams of? The ACC, the SEC, or the Big Ten? You know what? I think Florida controls their own destiny, and if they can run the table, beat Alabama, I think a one-loss Alabama and a one-loss Florida, those are going to be some tough teams to keep out. The SEC bump is just a real thing, especially the Bama bump is a real thing. So a one-loss Bama, we've seen it before. They have a little bit of favoritism with the committee. It seems like I think the Nick Saban effect is real. We've seen a 4 c Alabama go ahead and win the whole thing. So uh, rightly so, I would put Florida and Alabama in if Florida were to run the table and win. I have a hard time thinking that a one-loss Notre Dame has nobody on its tail. Uh, I think they probably find themselves on the outside looking in if they lose one game. And I don't think that's going to happen. Or I, I do think that's going to happen, excuse me, if, uh, if they have to play Clemson again in the ACC title game. So uh, my answer there, Kendall, to give, you, to give you the short version of that would be SEC. I like Florida and Bama to find themselves in the conversation at the end of the year. Okay. What happens if Notre Dame gets run off the table? So they say they yep. play Clemson again and they lose by 30 or 40 and, they, and it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Would they still get in? And then saying that Alabama beats Florida in that same weekend. So what, would Notre Dame still get in, you mean? Yeah, so would that harm their resume more? If, yeah, I think it has to. I think it has to, especially with the fact that Clemson at that point is probably a playoff team. And if Clemson's looking at, let's say, a, a two or three seed at that point, uh, there's a lot of, you know, there, there's a pretty high percent chance that a one-loss Notre Dame would find themselves um, playing Clemson again. So... I think it'd be hard for me as a committee member to say this team lost by 30 points to another playoff team and they still belong in the top four. I think that's really going to hurt Notre Dame. If they're going to lose that game, it's got to be in the same fashion as it was uh, early in the regular season where it was overtime that needed to happen for it to be decided. So um, if you're Notre Dame and you're going to lose to Clemson, you got to at least keep it close to be in the conversation in my mind. But truthfully, I think I'll take a lot of other teams over a one-loss Notre Dame, and that's just me, and that's just going off the eye test. So, beautiful thing, is all going to sort itself out, but we just get a front row seat to it, baby. Right. Uh, before I let you go, Heisman talk. How do you oh, see baby. this? How do you see this playing out? Man, so I am really high on Florida. I'm really high on Florida as a program. I'm really high on Kyle Trask as a quarterback. I'm so high. I would probably test positive for Florida if I were to take a drug test. But, <laughs> As, when, it, when it comes down to it, man, I think Kyle Trask is the guy that we're not talking enough about. I think Mac Jones is the favorite right now in Vegas. But if Justin Fields does what he does and is capable of doing the rest of the way, he'd be someone that's hard to keep out. Um, I think he's someone that at least gets invited to New York as well as Mac Jones. Uh, my three right now are all quarterbacks, Trask, Jones, and Fields. Uh, I think it's going to come down to who has the biggest moment at the end of the year. And if Trask is able to beat Alabama in the SEC championship game, and able to have a big game against Bama, I think that really catapults him really very squarely uh, into the conversation. And if, if he, like I said, if, if he has a big game against Bama and they win and they're playing for uh, a national title or at least in that top four, I think it's hard to put it past number 11 to go home with that thing, man. Yeah, I agree with you. I honestly think that when they play in Atlanta that they will be playing for the Heisman Trophy. Do you remember, yeah. I think it was back in 2009, it was Tim Tebow on Florida and then Mark Ingram on Bama. And essentially the yep. storyline was whoever won the game was going to win the Heisman. That's the way it goes, baby, especially when you got those head-to-head matchups. 
especially at the end of the year. I mean, it's very hard to look past that if I'm just a human voting on this award. If your team is better and you play better, by association, I'm taking you as the better player. And it's, it's kind of funny how the award has shifted into who is the best player on the best team as opposed to just the best player in college football, whether you agree with that or not. I think that's the nature of the award right now. And so if, like, I, I mean, I think you and I both agree, if Kyle Trask can beat Alabama and likely Mac Jones will be that guy that's either sitting at the two spot or three spot, or I'm sure, I'm sure it'll come down to the wire for them all to be chomping at the bit to see who wins the award. But I would really think that uh, if Trask plays well against Bama and they win in convincing fashion or even just in dramatic fashion enough to get the attention of the voters, uh, I, I think Trask is probably your guy. I agree with you. I think that it's, I think, I think even if he loses, Maybe. I know I said before that they're kind of playing for the Heisman, but we look at the. Um, we look where Kyle Trask is at right now. He's breaking all these SEC records in the process. And Mac Jones, I'm, I don't want to say he's Mac Jones is kind of leveled out, but he has some own competition on his own team to say. Yeah. But I think so if Kyle Trask is kind of way ahead of Mac Jones in the numbers and stuff like that, and they look like Joe Burrows or they even look kind of better that it would be kind of hard not to give him the Heisman at that point. Yeah, I agree. I think – I forget what analyst it was that said it, but he, maybe it was Joel Klatt. He just said, if you're not even the best player on your own offense, I can't put you in the conversation for the best player in the country. And I think he was referring to Najee Harris right yeah, there. But I saw that. Yeah. On this team, yeah, I think it's I think it's really very uh, very valid statement, though. It's true. If, if, if you want to be the best player in the country, you got to be the best player on your own offense. And so – that's a that's a tough a tough look, truthfully. But uh, whether it's right or wrong, I think it's just just what it comes down to. But you can make the same argument for for Florida, though. Honestly, with Kyle Pittman uh, or with Kyle Pitt being just an absolute freak, uh, you know, I think that's that's a pretty fair conversation to to put him in the Heisman. If he wasn't playing, you know, tight end slash receiver, I think he'd be a little more high up in the conversation, unfortunately. But again, just kind of the nature of the award. It's it's a quarterback minor slash running back award um but you got to be the best player on the best team and um you got to be playing quarterback for what it what it it looks like right now but uh yeah man my my money's with kyle track especially when it comes down to that big game in atlanta i think they will play for the Heisman trophy just like you said right do you think that trevor lawrence is out of the race now officially gosh as much as i hate to say it with just how weird this whole year has been it's gonna hurt him that he hasn't had you know these games under his under his belt that he hasn't had as much of a sample size as, as some teams. I mean, um, playing big against Notre Dame, that would have really helped his resume in my eyes. So uh, I think a lot of it comes down to Heisman moments too, right? So how many Heisman moments will he, will he be able to have at this point? Like maybe the ACC championship game, but is that too little too? And I think the same thing goes for uh, Justin Fields. Like, will he have any Heisman moments or will they just be dominant throughout the rest of the year? And it's not really fair to dock him for that, but, you know, at the same time, it's all about playing big on a big stage, and Justin Fields won't really have that much of a stage just because of the way Ohio State's probably going to run the table. Right. It's the same thing that with uh, Tua a couple years ago, where Tua was running with the running away with the award the whole year, and they were blowing teams out, and he was out of the game, uh, pretty much in the third quarter. And when he got a chance to really have that Heisman moment against Georgia, he didn't play that well, and he got hurt. Yeah. So I think yeah. that's ultimately what kind of hurt him in the end. He didn't have – he was so dominant and his stats were so good, but he didn't have a Heisman moment. And with Joe Burrow last year, he was so dominant, he was so good, but he had a Heisman moment in pretty much every yeah. big game that they played in. 
Yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow is a great example of a guy that just had Heisman moment after Heisman moment, the biggest of which I think being against Alabama and coming into uh, Tuscaloosa and taking care of business with the president watching. I mean, I don't know if it gets too much bigger than that. So uh, Justin Fields is almost going to be hurt a little bit by the nature of his conference right now. I think nobody really expects Northwestern to uh, be too juicy of a, of a um, competitor. And I, I don't know if we're just giving Northwestern not enough credit, but he's, he's going to play well against Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship if, if that's what ends up happening uh, matchup-wise. But I think just the down nature of the Big Ten this year is hurting his Heisman stock, as weird as it is to say. No, definitely. Well, uh, J.D., I want to thank you for agreeing to come on the podcast today. Loved your input. Definitely want to get you on again soon. Man, pleasure was all mine. Appreciate you having me on here. Best podcast in the game. I'm excited to be a part of this, man. You, you guys keep on trucking. I'm happy to come on whenever, bro. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yep, anytime, my man.